So what they do, Skibli, and welcome again to another episode of Latin in Layman's. Hope everybody's doing well. It is March 25th, 2023. We are almost into April. What? What? How did that happen? Not really sure. Maybe you're asking yourself the very same question. Um, regardless, though, today we're going to be diving into some etymology regarding very interesting words that you may want to potentially add to your vocabulary. So these are words that are in fairly common usage, more some more so than others, but um, it'll be a good time. I hope you uh, stay along for the ride. And if you haven't already, to stop on over to either Apple Podcasts, Spotify. I am also now on Audible and Amazon Music uh, to go give me a follow there. Ratings, anything to help support. I'm actually not sure how you can rate on Audible, but I'm sure you can. Um, and or subscribe. Because at this point, you know what? I'm just trying to culminate my, my army that's going to help me, um, you know, head this rhetoric revolution. I want to get it started, and it's 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 making a little bit of a, a precedence here, I think. You know, I mean, it's taken about two and a half years, but, you know, um, I'm going to stop saying, you know, I'm going to try to at least. But um, if you didn't know, things don't happen overnight, and things Although sometimes we really do want those quick fixes. We want to be able to snap our fingers and to have all of our problems solved. Just really isn't that way. And we've come to, into a world where um, it makes us want that more so rather than going through the journey and the, the struggle and the climb and the process of it all. Because you actually, you, all the growth happens through the process of trying to achieve that goal. Because at the end of the day, you're always working towards it. It's always, and I have yet to get there, but I'm still striving to there. You know, um, I I hate the concept of people either saying you have a fixed or a growth mindset because I just feel like um, it's fairly intuitive, the idea of either wanting to progress further in your life versus somebody that is content and not wanting to learn anymore. There are those people out there that are like that, and that's okay. If they're happy with their lives and leading their lives like that, more power to them or lack thereof, you know, because at the end of the day, the more we learn, the more we empower ourselves and the more we make ourselves our own autonomous individual, this vessel that can carry ourselves throughout this life without relying on other things. Google, well, you know, I rely on Google for a lot of things, so I can't really use that one as an example, but um, other aspects, right? And when thinking about it, um, that's what it's all about, right? Don't you want to be able to rely on yourself and your faculties and your capabilities rather than waiting for somebody else to fill in those gaps? Sometimes maybe we need that. Like I've said in the past, I don't really have time to really, and I'm not really interested in learning about cars. So that's maybe my bad, but maybe I have a fixed mindset in that um, discipline. But at the end of the day, I don't really care. I have more bandwidth in things that I think are going to amplify and highlight my life. And a car for me, you know, other people love cars and they love maintenance and all that good stuff. But for me, car, a car is something that I can reliably uh, rely on um, to get me from point A to point B. As long as that happens, I don't care. It can be a crappy car. It can be a great car. I don't really care. I'm not a flashy person. With that all being said, 
I'll cut it off there and we'll get into these words. So if you're interested, stay tuned. If you're not interested, maybe just let it play for a little bit and see if you might learn something new. And then you have those Tetris blocks kind of come into be, uh, to place and they fit perfectly. And that's when you get your aha moments and epiphanies and all that good stuff. So without further ado, let's get into it. Alrighty, so our first word today is going to be axismus. So axismus is actually spelled A-C-C-I-S-M-U-S. And for my Latin people out there, that M-U-S may look very familiar as a personal ending to verbs. So let's get on into it. What is axismus? Well, it's a form of irony in which someone feigns indifference to something he or she desires, really. So, like, for instance, like Aesop's fables, the fox and the grapes illustrates axismus when the, the fox dismisses some of the grapes he is una- unable to reach, stating that he is sure that they're sour on your ways. So, you know, it's like, mm, I'm going to basically create a lie because I really, it, you know, let's make it a little bit more applicable. Um, I'm not going to squat because it hurts my knees. No. It's because you have a lot of other joint and or mobility issues that have led you to that position where your body is not allowing you to, but it's not that you can't, it's that you aren't investing the time in order to strengthen the body. And also, hey, squatting sucks. So any reason to not squat uh, for a lot of people is a good enough reason. So there you go with that one for all the lift heads out there or something like that. I don't know. Uh, You can think of another example, but... Let's get into the etymology of it because exismus, on the other hand, it's derived from the Greek akesis or akesis. I, I really am not sure how to pronounce that, but it refers to refusal and uh, it refers to that feigned refusal of something that um, one actually desires, right? They want to they get there, but they can't. It's kind of like, you know, like when, when somebody says, oh, I couldn't pop, possibly possibly accept your gift when they very well want to accept that pair of diamond earrings that you just offer them. So uh, there's an ironic quality to it. Axismus. A-C-C-I-S-M-U-S. M-U-S refers to we. Um, that is the first person plural uh, ending for a uh, a Latin verb, but you know, it doesn't really apply here. But I thought it might be a little bit of a, an Easter egg because M-U-S, whenever I think that, or see that, I think first person plural, we. We exismus. Next one that we're going to get into here is anachronism. Anachronism is something or someone that is out of place in terms of time or chronology. So this is most common with old-fashioned items in a modern setting, for instance. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been getting over this little, oh, you know, the kids, they're always giving me something, right? But it's strengthening my immune system to the nth degree because I've never gotten sick so much in my life. And I didn't realize I could get sick because I never really do get sick. Anyways, uh, like I was saying, happens in a modern setting, but can also occur with futuristic items in period pieces as well. You know, um, you know, I've seen a picture of, um, and this would be an example of, uh, you know, a pharaoh wearing a, a nice Rolex watch, you know, that's obviously an anachronism because watches weren't back then. Or maybe Caesar driving a car, for instance. I don't know. 
Etymologically, anachronism comes from the derived Greek ana meaning against or an, because ana can also mean upwards or up. Uh, so it doesn't mean up in this case, it just means against. And then uh, chronos meaning time. So against the time. And it refers to an object or event that's out of its proper chronological order. So if you didn't know, now you know. The next one we got is cacophony. Cacophony is a noun or really, yeah, it's a harsh mixture of sounds. Um, it can also be an adjective as well. It descends uh, from the Greek word phone, which means sound or voice, phonos, and is joined with the Greek prefix cock, meaning bad, kakos. So we have bad sound. Uh, so there we go. We That creates that assimilated form, meaning bad sound or evil sound or gross sound. I don't know. Think of a, you know, a synonym, sin meaning together and or with. Onim referring to name in Latin from nomen meaning name, nomenclature, uh, for instance. So think of a synonym, bad, uh, evil, malice. I don't know. Anyways, um, in a similar way, the word symphony, like uh, like I just said with synonym, sim meaning together and or with, uh, and phony, phonos, sound, together, uh, together sounds. Um and it refers to a harmonious arrangement of instruments, which is exactly, basically the opposite of a cacophony. Well, not really. The, uh, the exact cacophony is a euphony. Euphony, or you, meaning good in the Greek. So, like I said, kakos, bad, phono, sound, cacophony, bad sound. Um, for example, using it in a sentence, uh, I couldn't hear over the cacophony of all of the middle school kids chatterboxing out the nth degree. And then Mr. Connolly has to throw down the gauntlet, of which I actually had to do this past week, but actually not for my middle school, for my high school. Um, next one that we're going to get into is draconian. Draconian um, is an adjective to describe something that is excessively harsh and or severe. If you've heard people use this word, I love it when I hear people use this word, especially when they use it in the right context, because it no I know that they are linguists at heart and or they appreciate um, the nuances of language. Um, it derives from Draco or Draco, a seventh century seventh century Athenian law scribe, actually, under whom small offenses had very heavy punishments. Uh, so this is an etymology that comes actually historically. It, he would prescribe death for most uh, every offense. So if it was a simple or like you know stealing something, adultery. Uh, Think of any other, sh like, really not harsh crime. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, I don't know. I was going to say smoking some ganj, but uh, I'm, I'm kidding. Draconian, like I said, refers to that Greek lawmaker who instituted harsh legal codes. His name actually was Dracon um, or Dracon. D-R-A-K-O-N. And that's where we get Drake, meaning dragon as well. So, for instance, uh, I don't know. When I was living in Utah and I was going to school at USU, uh, the USU campus police would hand out uh, parking 
fines and parking violations like they were lollipops. And it made me want to punch them in the face so often because it was like they were looking to just give you a fine. Like, I, I, I really didn't try. I tried to drive not a lot because every single time I ended up parking somewhere, even though I thought it was a place I could park. Turned out it wasn't a place I could park. And I got a $25 fine that excessively went up and up and up and up like it was a freaking X squared curve. Um, so I could say that, uh, like, I remember one time when I got a fine, I was like, the new parking fines are positively draconian. You could say that because they were. I hated them. I hate USU campus police. Um, and most other people did too, because most all my friends as well also had MIPs, AKA minors in possession, uh, for, uh, simple things like being at a house party and they were not of the legal age and maybe they weren't even holding alcohol, but they were just there. Let me tell you, Utah can have a culture that if you are not embedded within that culture, you are a part of the problem. So that's all I'm going to say about that because, uh, I learned a lot. And I did not drink at all during the time that I was there for, well, I did, but it took me a long time because I felt like I was being watched under the uh, banner of heaven. If you've ever read that book, it's a great book. Anyways, next one, limerence. Limerence uh, can be defined as an involuntary state of mind resulting mind resulting from the romantic attraction from another person combined with an overwhelming obsessive need to have one's feelings reciprocated. So it's like they're super infatuated and they need that to be reciprocated in full. It is derived from the French word limerence, uh, which was coined by the psychologist Dorothy Tanov in the 1970s. So another historical etymology. It was a combination of the words l'amour meaning love in French, and emerence, meaning to yearn for or to really desire or to want. So limerence is a state of intense longing for a romantic partner, and etymologically, it means yearning for love or to desire love because they themselves feel love towards the person that they want to have it reciprocated back to them from English. Sometimes doesn't work for me. Sorry. And at the end of the day, it can sometimes mean obsessive love, especially when it might not be reciprocated, in which case it becomes unrequited love, and then maybe it becomes a stalker, and then it becomes a B-rated movie. Um, I don't know. So uh, I, I don't, I don't want to use a, a context for that one because I think that that one's fairly easy. Next one, though, that we'll get into here in just a second. Pareidolia is what it's going to be. This is a psychological phenomenon in which the mind perceived, perceives a specific image or pattern where it does not actually exist, such as probably seeing a face in the cloud or animals in the clouds, for instance. That's what I can think of as an example right now. Pareidolia can be used to explain a host of otherwise unexplained sightings, a.k.a. UFOs. Isn't it funny that we've all been talking about aliens and all that stuff, and then finally when the government and all that stuff is coming out with all this alien stuff, nobody seems to really care anymore because we got all this other stuff going on more so? Well, anyways, 
Pareidolia is derived from the Greek words para meaning beside or alongside. This is where we get parallel lines. Para meaning alongside. Allel coming from alos in the Latin meaning other or another. So parallel lines just mean beside one another, and that's what a parallel line is. But para meaning alongside, and well, adolia or adolion meaning image, form, or shape in the Greek. Pareidolia is a psychological phenomenon in which we our minds perceive these images in random or ambiguous stimuli. Excuse me. So, you know, I don't know. For instance, uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to use a, I'm, never mind. Well, I don't even know what just happened, but I just had a complete aneurysm, but we're okay now. Um, next one that we'll get into here. Repost. Repost here is our next word. Um, it's a quick or witty um, retaliatory response. In context of sport, of fencing, actually, when I was looking into it, because a riposte means a counterattack that is made after successfully fending off one's opponent. So it actually is a movement in um, fencing. Uh, in fact, in fencing, a riposte is an offensive action with the intent of hitting one's opponent made by the fencer who has just parried an attack. In military usage, it's the strategic device of hitting a vulnerable point of the enemy, thereby force, forcing them to have abandoned their own um, attack, essentially. So, with that being said, repost uh, comes from the French word repostère, um, which is a combination of the words re, meaning again or back, like retroactive or retrograde or resolute or reply re meaning again again poster meaning to answer so repost rather not reposter but repost is a quick witty or often ironic response to an insult or a criticism so it means to answer again etymologically so I'm pretty known for having excellent repose to any insult regarding the fact that Latin is a dead language and that uh, there is no reason for me to be understanding it more so because it is dead. People say that, just don't know. And if they don't know, I don't really care about explaining it to them because they don't really care to know anyways. So that's on them. And that's a their thing. Next word, sanctimony. Sanctimony refers to pretend or hypocritical religious devotion or righteousness. Someone who is sanctimonious will preach about the evils of drugs while also drinking beer, for example. Or maybe they're uh, using a little cocaine uh, on the weekends. I don't know. Um, it's associated with a holier-than-thou holier attitude. And uh, I really don't like them because hypocrites are not uh, the people that I like to be around. Sanctimony or sanctimonious is derived from the Latin word sanctimonia, which is the combination of the word sanctus, uh, spiritus sancti, which uh, that reminds me of a, gosh, what's that movie? I love that movie. Um, man, if you guys can remember, it's about two Irish brothers. Um, it's got Willem Dafoe and what's uh, the other guy? Uh, email me or comment or find a way to, I'm going to wake up at a, 
in a sweat at three o'clock in the morning tomorrow morning and be like, that's what it was again. Ooh, I'm not going to ask Google to, I'm not going to ask Google. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to ask almighty Google, but Sanctus meaning holy and monia meaning disposition or state of mind. So sanctimony is an attitude of moral superiority or self-righteousness, and it refers to etymologically as holy disposition, but it's often accompanied by excessive religious piety. So, for instance, I could use this as an example. There was an air of sanctimony in the way he detailed his charity work, right? A lot of the time, charity work should be done and not have to be touted to everybody else in order to silently but also loudly express how philanthropic you are. It's dumb. I hate those people. Just do good and know that you're throwing out that good energy into the world. Serendipity. Serendipity. I've actually gone over this one in the past. Prior episode, I've done some interesting word etymology episodes, but um, this one is uh, an entirely new one except for serendipity. Mm, serendipity is the act of finding something valuable or interesting when you are not looking for it essentially so you happen to come upon something it's coined by the english author um horace wapole in the mid 1700s so again this is another historical etymology because he credited it to a fairy tale he was he read called the three princes of serendip uh in the tale the three persian prince persian princes sail to an island called Serendip, which is actually now today known as Sri Lanka, to find their fortunes, making wondrous discoveries along the way, but they happen to just kind of come upon them. There, um, so essentially serendipity derived from that Persian tale goes into those three protagonists as they discover things that they were not actually looking for, but they happen to come upon those fortunes. Um, so they weren't actually looking for those fortunes, but those fortunes ended up having and found them. So serendipity is the occurrence of events by chance in a fortunate or beneficial way. So, for instance, uh, it had to be serendipity that I found my dream ha- home uh, during a random drive uh, meandering throughout the countryside on Highway 1. I don't know. Verisimilitude will be our last word here. So, what is verisimilitude? It's something that merely seems to be true or real. So many writers or filmmakers try for some kind of verisimilitude in their stories uh, to make them believable. I'll provide the spelling in the show notes. It's spelled varies, or varies, I, uh, always Latin making its precedence here. Verisimilitude, V-E-R-I-S-I-M-I-L-I-T-U-D-E. Verisimilitude is derived from the Latin words verum, verum, meaning truth. Verus, ver, that's where we get verified. Um, and similis, meaning similar in Latin. So verisimilitude is the quality of preparing to be true or real. And etymologically, it comes from the, uh, the two words assimilated together, making similar truth. That's all I have for you guys today. If you learned something new and you are happy to add these words into your vocabulary in order to challenge yourself and opening up those avenues, opening up those neural networks, 
doing something new, brushing your teeth with your your left hand if you've always done it with your life, your right hand, or vice versa if you are left-handed by nature. But at the end of the day, I appreciate you guys for having made it to this point here. And if you did, I would very much appreciate that support that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. I really appreciate you guys. Thank you again for sticking with me and helping me head this rhetoric revolution because it's going to happen. I'm going to make it happen. Um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm, I'm working on a book right now as well. And my students are also really trying to get me to do, uh, YouTube as well. So I'm really considering that, uh, as a, as a means for us to continue, uh, opening up our, our scope so that we can reach a wider audience. So if you're curious, let's stick with me because maybe, maybe because there are certain people that I've been following since their Genesis and now they're, they're doing super well. And it's so amazing to see the, the, the process of it all from them starting their YouTube channel to them being, you know, who they are today and sponsored and everybody knows them and they're, you know, a force to be reckoned with in terms of, you know, information in, uh, I don't know, but maybe, maybe that'll happen to me. I don't know. That sounds so dumb because I don't really ever think about that. I just kind of do these things, but I don't know. I want more with this life of mine. And I know that a lot of you guys do as well. And it's all about just moving forward. And sometimes that moving up forward is moving sideways and laterally and then maybe backwards for a little bit. And then you're stepping up down a couple steps, but you're still moving those, those feet and you're still heading in a direction where, although it's not linear, it's in a progression towards your goal. Thank you guys again for all of your support. And I hope you guys have a wonderful Saturday. Tempest says to scatter